What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to the WordPress Community Podcast. The essential source for news and information on the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. Learn about the newest updates and plugins, as well as exclusive interviews with WordPress experts that are sure to help you enhance your skill set. Now, please welcome the hosts of the WordPress Community Podcast, Yost Ivok and Frederick Towns. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another WordPress podcast. We're here as usual on Tuesday night. You can chat with us live at rc.webmasterradio.fm if you know where to, how to get there, and otherwise go to webmasterradio.fm slash chat. Um, yeah, I practiced that. Can you hear it? Um, so I'm here with Frederick, as always, and in a long-standing tradition on this podcast of talking to um, every developer that touches the core of WordPress. Uh, we've now got a new guest that hasn't been on this show before, and we welcome Andrew Nason. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being here. Hi, yes. Thanks. Um, Andrew is a bit of a weird kid in this in this whole WordPress thing. How long have you been developing on WordPress? A uh, little over 11 months. Yeah, so... 11 months ago, you started hacking on WordPress, and now I'm talking to you because you're a core developer and actually have commit rights to WordPress. Yeah. Commit rights, meaning for those of you who don't know that, he can actually change the core of WordPress without uh, even having to talk to Matt um, or any other uh, core or lead developer. So how did you get there that quickly? Um. I mean, I started getting involved probably uh, last June when I just started signing up for various different mailing lists. Um, I was doing a lot of WordPress development at the time, and I just more or less got got kind of sucked into it all. Um, 
I, uh, I started reading every commit, every change to WordPress and every change set. And then I started reading basically everything on the bug tracker. Um, my first patch was submitted last November. I had about 100 different contributions that made it into core in about three months. And then they brought me on as a, one of the core developers. It makes sense, but it also feels like you've got way too much time on your hands. Um, that might be true. Um, I don't know about that, really. Uh, I, I wish I had 35 hours in a day, so and sometimes my days are that long. Um, I mean, my contributions can range from there might be one week when I'm spending only a few hours on everything, maybe just checking email here and there. Um, there might be some weeks when it's maybe 20 or 30 hours that I'm donating to the project. So it really all depends. Okay, but that's time well spent then because 100 patches or were these like small uh, small patches or usually pretty big ones? Um, my first patch was 12 characters. Um, <laughs> very small. There were uh, in early in WordPress 3.0 during the development cycle, we did a lot of refactoring with obviously the merge um, and I helped out with a lot of that. So it was a lot of refactoring of some of the settings files, a lot of the initialization code, things like that. So some patches were definitely, you know, a few hundred, maybe even a thousand lines of code, while some of them might have been just literally a few characters. Okay, so any areas of the code you focus on specifically? Um, not particularly. For the most part, we don't have a specific focus. Some of us like certain areas. Um, uh, some of us are definitely a fan of perhaps a, a certain area. Uh, Dion, for example, works on HTTP a lot. Um, in my case, I kind of just like to work on whatever really uh, gets put in front of me. Um, in WordPress 3.1, my job was actually to handle all of the improvements to custom post types, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but I was still working on various other other aspects of core as well. Um, obviously, with with WordPress Mew now in core, then a lot of us are doing a lot more multi-site stuff than we previously had done, which is also a pretty fun challenge as well because um, it didn't get a lot of love for a long time, and now we're actually able to take a step back and really uh, re-architect a lot of the insides there. Yeah, it basically means that a lot of the long-standing bugs are being fixed right now, right? Uh, a lot of bugs. Um, a lot of that was cleaned up with 3.0, especially um, one of the big things with with uh, with multi-site right now is actually a whole new network admin. It's going to be in WordPress 3.1. So instead of having a, a small super admin menu or a site admin menu as it was in WordPress MU, it's actually going to be a whole new administration area with a whole new set of menus, different screens, things like that. So the idea is more or less to make uh, network management easier. Um, and then hopefully we can eventually make the install process easier and you know make it uh, less daunting for a lot of individuals. And that is very very necessary. I don't know whether a lot of people uh, listening to the show have already pl played with multi-site, but getting it going is actually more more work than you'd uh, think needed for that. Um, yeah. One of the things that I've always been wondering is whether we'll actually include domain mapping into core at some point. Um, possibly. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for. I think that one thing that I would like to see, and I know a few others would like to see as well, is the ability for uh, multi-site to be a lot more flexible with handling subdomains versus subdirectories. So, for example, you might have a single network 
that has both subdomains and subdirectories, um, depending on how the setup might play. WordPress.org right now is actually a multi-network, multi-site installation. So each subdomain is its own network, and then each subdirectory off of that is its own site. That is beneficial in some cases. Um, it'd be nice if that was all kind of just one single network, single installation, everything else working together like that. Um, but there are there's a lot of different flexibilities there that we can see. I think that there are a lot of other things we need to do first before we can get to the point where domain mapping can be in core. I have a feeling it'll probably end up on the roadmap eventually, though. Yeah, it's because loads and loads of people are using it. Uh, uh, yeah. I know, Frederick, you've been using multi-site for doing uh, stage environments, right? Uh, so can you fill people in on that a little? But I mean, that is probably a neat trick to share with people. Um, well, with uh, with subdomains in, in particular, what you're able to do, for example, is, uh, is have your staging environment, uh, which basically means the uh, the private environment that you use to uh, to test new plugins or or even test a new theme or changes or, or things of this nature, anything you don't want the public to see before you're ready for the public to see it. And then when you're satisfied with the outcome of whatever it is that you're testing, you can go ahead and, and roll it out on the, uh, on the, the main domain that, uh, that your traffic uh, actually uses or hits or sees. So that's uh, something I personally haven't seen anyone else doing. It, so I think it's actually hopefully for those listening, that would be a pretty cool tip. Yeah, it that's, is. Yeah, no, th that sounds really interesting. I don't know if, um, I mean, I think in many ways it depends on whether or not you're already running multi-site because when multi-site becomes enabled, then Alt-Core does a lot of different goofy things. Um, a lot of the capabilities kind of get promoted to super administrators and all sorts of other issues that, that could result with that. So, I mean, if it works for you, great. Um, I prefer... Um, either using like the same installation or the same database in a different installation or something like that. Um, that's definitely a really good idea for, you know, if you can make multi-site work for you, but obviously it's not for everyone. So. Yeah. But then again, if you're worried about staging environments, you probably would be able to get that working. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, uh, for me, the inclusion of multi-site in core was uh, was a pretty big step. I just hope that we take it all the way. And if we do domain mapping, we're one step ahead of a lot of CMSs out there. So that would be cool. Uh, and we'll see what happens uh, from that. So any other um, uh, stuff you're working on right now? You you briefly mentioned it already. Uh, custom post types was extended quite a lot in the in the latest release. Um, and you've been doing some even more cool work on that in the last few weeks, which I've been following quite closely. So could you tell people what you've been building? Sure. Um, in the last two weeks or so, uh, I've been working on probably three major features for custom post types. Um, the major one is custom post type archive pages, which was left out of WordPress 3.0, and it was definitely a, a very missed feature by a lot of developers. Um, I think that post types are way more about implementation, uh, custom implementation, than they are about the stock registration. So when we left archives off in 3.0, I wasn't that concerned because most plugins are going to want to implement various different things in their own way. Um, what we ended up doing is now we do have archive pages that you can turn on. So if you have, uh, let's say, events as a post type, 
then you could actually go to your your page, your, your website slash events, and you'll be able to see uh, all of your events set up. You can have events feed if you want to have an RSS feed built right into all of that. So that was all done. It introduces a few new template tags and functions, a new query flag, a few other different things. Um, we'll probably, I, I plan to actually do a blog post on a lot of the different changes um, on that and how that really affects plugins uh, probably in the next day or so. And then the, the second thing is um, custom ma uh, meta capability handling. Uh, meta capabilities are not very well understood by a lot of developers, but the idea is that it takes a capability such as like edit post and then decides what the post is and then maps it to all the different capabilities. So if it's someone else's post, then it needs to know if the user can edit someone else's post. If it's a published post, then they need to decide whether the user can edit published posts. Um, if it's a private post and et cetera. So the idea there is that uh, custom post types by default don't extend the WordPress core um, meta capability handling. And so the idea there is that we wanted to make it so post types can opt into that. And so now they can. Um, so that's just a, a small little flag and they then have to uh, add a few more, um, then they have to add a few more uh, capabilities and then it'll work pretty much exactly how core works. In some cases, you might not want that. You might want to actually roll your own handling, which is perfectly fine too, and it's easy to do. The, the third thing is better control over the admin menus. So right now, if you register a post type, you get, let's say, an events uh, admin menu page, and it has two submenu pages. One would be events, which would be your edit screen, and the other one would be add new for adding a new event. This is very helpful, but in some cases you don't you want the user you want the UI, but you don't necessarily want to have that that admin menu. So now you can actually turn that off. Um, showing menu false will simply turn that off. But if you in some cases what you also might want to do is you might want to place your post types uh, your post type menu as a sub menu page to something else. So for example, if you're doing a lot of work with media, then maybe under you might you might want to put your page under the media library. So the next step here is that you can actually specify where it should go as a submenu if you don't want it as a main menu. So you can have it as a top-level menu, you can have it as a submenu anywhere you want, or you can just turn it off entirely and do it yourself. So those really, those three things, the, the admin menu handling, the meta capability handling, and custom post type archives um, really do push a lot of that to the next step. Yeah, it absolutely does. Does it also give you a bit more control about uh, permalinks and stuff like that, or is that uh, a long way to come yet? Um, you'll probably see more of that soon. Um, maybe 3.1, maybe not. In a lot of cases, the permalink structure is very dependent on the use case. So as it is, the user is already going to need to specify what permalink structure they want, so or the, rather the plugin in that case. So it doesn't. It, it's not really much more burden for the plugin to just add their own rewrite rules for exactly what they want. Um, in 3.1, another thing that happened is uh, hierarchical URLs for custom taxonomies, for example. So the way uh, a category URL actually builds up as you get into nested levels, that didn't work for, hier uh, for hierarchical taxonomies. And that's now in 3.1 as well. So the idea of, of customizing URLs more is is definitely something that we keep looking into, and that's one of the reasons why custom post type archives are now in core. So uh, we're gonna. I, 
a lot of it requires innovation in the space. I don't think we would have known exactly what we needed, to, what we wanted to do for custom post archives until we started seeing plugins using them. So <laughs> the yeah, more, so, so the more innovation we see, then the more we're going to say, oh well, if we look at the big picture rationale here, then we can easily take this into core. We won't have a problem. Cool. Very cool. Well, we can talk about that all night long, and we probably will, uh, but we need to roll some ads first to make sure that Brasco, our producer, gets his his pay at the end of the month. So um, let's roll some ads and be back with Andrew Nason, core developer of WordPress. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more WordPress community podcast after this. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Traffic. Leads. Money. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The WordPress Community Podcast continues only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Yost Ivok and Frederick Towns. So, Henry. Uh, you were talking about a three to one. Uh, how far off is that? Uh, um, WordPress three point one. I believe the idea is to have that out before the holidays, so before the end of the year. Okay, so you guys actually want a holiday this year? Uh, well, we had a holiday last year as well. WordPress two point nine was released on, I believe, December nineteenth. <laughs> yeah. So we started we we started three on 
January 6th or so. So the idea was to kind of, you know, take a, a two week break to kind of refresh um, the 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 break between 3.0 and 3.1 is really good. And it allowed us to to take 3.1 and make it a very targeted focus released on cleaning up a lot of different things. So doing a lot on, on performance optimization, uh, a lot of cleanups at multi-site as we were talking about, things like that. So nothing really big, just more or less like across the board kind of, you know, fixing and improving whatever we can. So in terms of performance optimization, what, what actually can we look forward to in this next uh, big release then? Um, there are a few things we've been playing uh, uh, with a lot of, uh, uh, of, of different performance checks. Um, the default theme now will actually load up substantially quicker uh, with the default widgets in place. We, took, we went through some of the widgets and we were able to improve some of those as well. Uh, we also are looking at uh, possible improvements to the, the the database abstraction layer uh, that we noticed that you know that that we can actually make a few other changes and, and less copies of variables and if all goes well then then they get anywhere from you know up to maybe a three percent performance increase on the layer itself so it's it's kind of across the board um, not nothing in terms of you know there's no built-in caching or anything of that nature uh, be, I mean, there hasn't been since since 2.5 at this point, but it's just the idea of, of taking a look at the code we have and seeing what we can do to speed it up and make it perform better. Well, do you guys actually profile the code base? I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, definitely a lot of profiling, um, a, a lot a lot of cash grind, everything else. I mean, I, I've been looking at charts. Uh, I spent probably a week just looking at basically every chart and data set I can get our hands on. Um, Ryan Bourne was heading up, uh, the lead developer was heading up a lot of that. He was basically profiling everything he could, um, and looking for, for any kind of performance, in, uh, improvements anywhere, anywhere we can find. Um, a lot of this was actually spurred by, uh, Rasmus Lerdorf, who gives a really good talk on, on PHP and performance and uses WordPress as a, as an example and more or less picks it apart. And it's, it's really interesting to see what he talks about. He actually gave a presentation at DIG a few months ago, and that was actually uh, the same presentation he gave at Confu and a few other conferences as well. So um, what we were able to do is we were able to go through basically everything he says. The things that he noticed were all rather valid, so we've been able to address those, and then we're, we've taken that a step further and more or less profiled whatever we can. Well, the thing that concerns me is some of the other technologies out there, you know, like uh, you know Ruby, for example. I mean, they just... They just are more performance, relatively speaking. I mean, obviously, when you run, um, you know, like a, a Ruby app with Passenger and, and Nginx and so on and so forth, uh, it, it runs better than with the, with Apache. I mean, the same is true for PHP applications. Uh, so, I mean, what can we do about the fact that emerging technologies are, are more performant? Is there anything we can do? Just besides looking forward to PHP 6 with opcode caching built in, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would just like to look forward to PHP 6 first. Forget about what's actually going to be in it. Um, with regards to – it's a really good question. Um, I mean, you know, you mentioned like a mod passenger and whatnot. And, I mean, that obviously is a whole other component there with performance in terms of, you know, I mean, Ruby on Rails, you're loading basically everything into memory and then you're running with that. Um, in terms of PHP, I mean, some of the interesting things was what Facebook was working on, hip-hop. 
um, where they're actually compiling PHP into C++. And I do know a few people um, who have been actually taking a look at that from the perspective of, hey, can we actually use hip-hop on WordPress? And there have been a few patches that have kind of floated in on if we make this change in WordPress, then it'll be easier to compile this file, things of that nature. So, I mean, it really, we, we're definitely looking at anything we can. Um, I would love to see a WordPress installation running on hip-hop being compiled. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and I think that'd be great for, for seeing PHP be taken to the next level, um, even just outside of PHP core. Um, with that same thing where you have PHP core doing what they can and you have WordPress core doing what we can, it'd be really cool, obviously, to see a lot more innovation in the space. And obviously, you've been do- Frederick, you've been doing a lot with that, with, with Total Cache and everything else, um, seeing WordPress push to its limits in terms of how it can be cached. And a lot of it has to do with, obviously, the server setup. Um, obviously, we can't. Ha, you know, we can't distribute WordPress as C++ and, you know, expect everyone to run it, uh, you know, using hip hop, but the same way how we can't necessarily be, you know, have object caching built into WordPress the way we used to, because it really just isn't going to work on most servers on, or a lot of servers and in a lot of sites, it might actually slow it down. Um, so that kind of innovation where, you know, in your plugin, for example, is basically all in one. It does, you know, anywhere from database caching, object caching, static and, you know, CDN and whatnot. So, I mean, that kind of innovation is exactly what WordPress needs. I don't necessarily think that, that even, you know, a lot of that will end up back in core, which is perfectly fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with having very customized solutions. Um, I mean, in my case, if I'm setting up a site, I might use, for example, HyperDB and BatCache and, um, you know, and, and Memcache, j- just to name a few. Obviously, you know, your plugin supports all those, but, you know, maybe in some situations it does make sense to have different setups, so or APC, for example, as well. So it's, um, I mean, it's it's always interesting to take a look at the innovation in the space. I don't necessarily think that you know there's a one size fits all solution that necessarily should be in core. Um, but you know, I mean, does that more or less answer what you were getting at? Uh, somewhat. I mean, the you know what what's in core is is not necessarily. Uh, the point, I mean, I, I recognize that there's lots of implementations that that's, uh, or lots of approaches that can scale applications. I, I have, a, obviously, a different view than lots of the other people who put together their tools, and so I don't really want to talk about that because we, we won't agree. But uh, the, the thing that I'm really concerned about is, that, well, the, thing where I thought, the place where I thought you would go with it is that it's really the hosting companies that... Uh, I think need to be more agile and nimble because at the end of the day, and this is something that, that Mark Jaquist always comes back to as well. Um, but, and this is personal opinion at the, uh, you know, at the moment, but the hosting companies really are not on top of what their actual deliverables should be to customers. I mean, largely what they're doing is telling people what they cannot do instead of actually building platforms that are optimized for today's applications. And I think, that's coming back and, 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 and punishing everyone um, and diminishing value and making developers' jobs more difficult and, and all these other kinds of things cascade out of that. And so ultimately, looking forward to PHP, PHP 6 and, uh, you know, the leverage that will hopefully be in that, that new build is, is something that we can't even take advantage of. I mean, wasn't it just a few months ago that, that uh, we, we set the end of life for, uh, for PHP 4.3 and, and WordPress? So... I mean, that kind of liability, for lack of a better word, is, 
is discouraging, you know, because as new as more and more people come to WordPress as the most popular system, it's just it's frustrating to me that, you know, uh, we ha- we have so many uh, use cases that we have to tolerate. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, I I, I completely agree with I, I agree with basically everything you just said. That I mean, definitely, you know, a lot of hosting uh, hosting companies they do need to innovate a lot faster than they have. Um, I mean, as an example, you know, in terms of of, of good innovation, DreamHost uh, within about two weeks or, or a month or so of PHP four being end of life in August two thousand and eight, they dropped PHP four support right away, and about. Six months ago, they then decided that any any uh, account that was still on PHP 4, they would forcibly upgrade them to PHP 5. And in many cases, that was because they might have been running applications that were PHP 4 only. And they, they more or less forced the hand there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, on Media Temple's grid service, for example, they were PHP 4 by default until uh, by default until early September. So at this point, PHP 4 was end of life for more than two years. And until a lot of these hosting companies start pushing their users off 4, then, obvi- then obviously you are going to see you know, the, the, this, this slower adoption rate. And this is, I mean, this happens in a lot of cases. A lot of cases, it depends on, let's say, the distribution or anything else. Um, to give you an idea on PHP 6, um, less than 5%, I'm looking at the statistics right now, less than 5% of all WordPress installs are on PHP 5.3. So, and we actually made a determination about a year ago that we would drop PHP 4 once we got below 10%, because 10% is still, you know, more than a million users. Uh, it's two or three million. So, we made that determination now. Since we've announced that number, uh, we were at from 5.2, less than 5.2 when we announced that we were dropping PHP, uh, PHP 4, 5051, uh, we were at about 11%. And now I'm looking at the numbers, we're down about 8%. Um, so the idea is that, I mean, we can only push the hands of hosting companies so much for them to actually decide to, let's say, take that to the next step. At the same time, I do think a lot of them are trying to to get back in the game in a lot of cases. In the last 9 to 15 months or so, a lot of them have been hit very hard with with, with a lot of different security issues that had to deal with their infrastructure. So I think that a lot of the innovation that you might have seen might have been set back with a lot of that. And at the same time, this is also giving them a lot of cause to upgrade a lot of their stuff as well. Um, in the next six months, uh, well, actually in the next nine months, Drupal, Joomla, and WordPress will all be releasing a version that requires at least MySQL 5 and PHP 5.2. Um, and so I think you're going to start seeing a, a lot of, of changes at the hosting company level to say, all right, well, if we're on 4.4 now, um, which is still 5% of all WordPress blogs, maybe it's a good time to actually take that jump all the way up to, let's say, 5.33, which is the latest, I believe. Maybe it's 5.34 at this point. So, um, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying, to be honest, that uh, I don't think there's, there, there's a golden answer for it. Um, WordPress.org does recommend hosting providers. You go to WordPress.org slash hosting. Those, the, those individuals do take, I mean, f- you know, for the most part, you know, solid security. They're going to take seriously that, that, that their customers are, you know, one-click installs, everything else, um, easy to update, um, making sure that the, that the infrastructure that, that the server or that WordPress is actually running on is solid, 
is updated, is kept up to date, things like that. So, uh, but I mean, again, you have a lot of issues where you have entire hosting companies on, you know, th- this this one hosting company that I know of that's on five point zero five, and in the next five or six months or so, they hope to move all of their servers up to you know a higher number, and I certainly hope so because otherwise, you know, the the the, the ten thousand or twenty thousand individuals that they have running WordPress will just not be able to anymore. So, um, I mean, I, I don't think there's, there's a perfect answer for it. Um, and I think, I, I think, I hope that 5.2 adoption across the, you know, the major PHP CMSs should hopefully spur a lot more, uh, adjustment in that area. Yeah, it's probably something the the different CMSs should work together on as well. Because if they if all three of them do it at the same time, then they have pull quite a bit of power towards the hosting companies. One of the things right. that I and wanted I mean, to touch on. Well, I just want to say this real quick as well for those people who you know don't understand you know performance and security and why the versions uh, of software that run on your server are important. Andrew, why don't you just kind of reassure and, 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 and indicate to people, you know, what is the significant of the significance of these versions? Why do they matter? And, you know, how comfortable or how uh, fearful should they be about trying to keep uh, the software on their server up to date or bugging their host to make sure they have the latest and greatest software on their server? Yeah. Um, I mean, so PHP version 4 was considered end of life on August 8th, 2008. Um, that means no security updates, no bug fixes, nothing. If there was a problem with, with, with a version after PHP 4, uh, 4.4, uh, that was their last branch, then they're not going to update it. They're not going to deal with it. So WordPress is actually supported all the way down to 4.3. Um, but, I mean, you're not... Well, first off, if you're use if you're a WordPress user, you're not using WordPress to your full advantage. What we do is we do progressive enhancement with PHP five. So there are a lot of aspects of PHP five, aside from security even, that are very beneficial that we can leverage. For example, we can deal with like XML files, which might be um, if you're importing a, a file, uh, if you're importing uh, one of your WordPress exports. So if you're exporting from one site, importing into another site in WordPress three point one. You'll actually it'll actually use proper uh, XML parsing for that import file. Uh, this is something that John Cave was working on very recently. And if you're on PHP four, well, that just won't exist. You won't be able to use it. If you're embedding YouTube videos um, by just pasting a, a hyperlink in, if uh, in, in, if you're on PHP four, you actually won't be able to leverage some of that. Another good example is time zones. If you need to constantly adjust your blog every six months for daylight savings time, well, chances are you should contact your host to upgrade because that should be done automatically. So, um, I mean, part of it obviously is ease of use. Part of it is, of course, security. Um, PHP 4 should not be considered secure because it is an end-of-life product. And, uh, I mean, uh, some of it's also performance as well. Uh, we can do things with a lot better performance at the PHP 5 level than we can at the PHP 4 level. And we can build a lot better code in, 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 at the PHP 5 level than we can at PHP 4. So, um, I mean, we're, we're, we've been adopting PHP 5 for a few years now in WordPress core, doing a lot of different stuff that we can only do with that. Um, 
but that doesn't mean, of course, we, we we're going to make a political statement and, like the GoPHP5 movement and leave you know two or three million users just in the dust because that's not really fair to any of them because they're just stuck in the crossfire between you know core PHP, you know core WordPress, Drupal or Joomla, and then obviously you know the hosting companies and everything else. So, so what do you? Part of the the, the other half of the question before was. How how comfortable should users be in uh, in upgrading WordPress? You know, lots of people seem to, and Yoast, you see this quite a bit as well. Lots of people seem to stick with old versions of WordPress because they're comfortable, which means they're also not aware of probably what their their host is providing them. How comfortable should they be with upgrading or or switching hosts and so on and so forth? Um, upgrading or switching hosts, or specifically upgrading WordPress. Upgrading WordPress and/or switching hosts. Um, the the one of the be- one of the great things about WordPress is that it actually has a much higher upgrade rate than a lot of other CMSs, and that includes Drupal and Joomla. There was a study done by uh, Qualys, one of the security companies. Uh, they they built an application called Blind Elephant, and what it did is that it actually detected. It, it, it was able to to scrape a, a lot of different sites, and it was able to detect what version they were they were running. And based on the different versions they got, and based on studying the the releases of the software, they were able to determine that less than four percent of all WordPress sites were critically insecure, while you know seventy eight percent of all Drupal sites and forty percent of all or ninety percent of all MediaWiki sites, for example, were insecure. And it wasn't that that they were releasing insecure software. Um, because, I mean, that's not true. It's that people are having more difficulty in actually upgrading each of those points. So, um, I mean, in, in terms of WordPress, I mean, more than 50% of all blogs right now are on at least WordPress 3.0, which is, which is tremendous. At least 75% of all WordPress blogs are running at least 2.9, which doesn't have any critical security vulnerabilities. So at least 85% are running at least 2.8, which is which is a which was rather solid as well. So I mean, in terms of the you know the the few individuals that are still running really old versions, I don't think you'll see that too much. Um, I mean, they you should be very you should be okay with upgrading WordPress, and that that actually goes directly to our core philosophies that we are always going to be backwards compatible, and we we take regressions in our software very seriously. So if you're upgrading from 2.9 to 3.0 and your blog breaks, that's a problem. And it might not necessarily be a WordPress core issue. It might be a plugin doing something wrong, but that still is an issue for WordPress that we need to definitely take a good hard look at. Um, it, the, the thing about WordPress is that when you adopt WordPress, you're not adopting like WordPress 3 or WordPress 2 or whatever. You're adopting the product. And that means that your upgrades should be able to happen flawlessly. They should be able to happen often, and they should be able to introduce new features without breaking anything old. Um, with a lot of other products, you might not necessarily see that kind of an upgrade where you know between major versions, they might be breaking everything, and you have to re-architect your, your program every three or four years when they release a new version. Um, WordPress doesn't have that. So, I mean, obviously, in terms of upgrading your blog, deactivate all of your plugins, Hit up, hit update. See what happens. It, I mean, it should work perfectly fine. Um, you can then activate your plugins one by one again when you're done. If you are nervous, um, you can also always just just you know hit update. Everything should be fine. Um, I mean, again, if not, you know that you know mistakes do happen. Um, 
I'm proud to say that 3.1 was 3.0 was a very stable release, and that not a not a single upgrade issue was actually a result of an error in WordPress core, but rather it was a result of about five or six plugins doing doing unusual and things that they shouldn't have done. And so it broke a lot of things. And in most cases, I believe the plugin authors had releases within a few days. So, um, you know, in that case, let's say if you were dependent on like a, a there, there was a pod, there was a podcast plugin, for example, that just didn't work well, uh, or a calendar plugin that didn't work well with 3.0. And, you know, within a week, that, that author was able to fix exactly what went wrong, and those individuals were then able to upgrade. So, um, I mean, it goes directly to our core philosophy is that if, you know, it, upgrade updates should be painless and if they're not then you know that's a problem but that's our our number one goal so i would definitely always you know you know update your software to the latest and greatest whenever you can um it's it it is really paramount to be to, to do so because i mean that's really what's you know what's very important in terms of security features and everything else very helpful stuff andrew Right now, let's go ahead and, and take another break, and uh, and let's come back uh, with some tips for the listeners. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more WordPress Community Podcast after this. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to right now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm, with the Internet Marketing Channel, featuring shows like The Joel Com Show, The WordPress Community Podcast, and more. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. Today's forecast calls for 6 to 12 inches and temperatures will only be in the teens overnight. So bundle up and make... Imagine you're planning your end-of-year reports, planning for next year. What are you going to do to monetize more in 2011? We're going to have clear and sunny skies with a perfect day of weather for everyone coming to AFCON 2010. Warm up your marketing strategies this December in our winter oasis for affiliate marketers. AFCON 2010 Miami, December 8th through 10th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort in Aventura, Florida. Sign up now at AFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. I'm going to share with you the simple four steps to selling more of anything, whether on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else, online or offline. New York Times bestselling author and serial entrepreneur, Joel Com. Like me? Know me, trust me, pay me. 
The Joel Com Show, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The WordPress Community Podcast continues, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Yost Ivok and Frederick Towns. So, so we're back with Andrew. Oh, Yost, go ahead. No, you go right ahead, Fred. I'm very glad that you're taking the lead here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back with Andrew here, and uh, what we'd like to do is throw out some tips uh, and hopefully some tricks as well for uh, those who use WordPress or develop on WordPress or both. And uh, I think Yoast had a pretty good, uh, good one to start with. Well, yeah, I, I like literally uh, 10 minutes ago, uh, yes, during the show, released version, uh, uh, the next version of my WordPress SEO uh, uh, plugin, which is in beta right now. And there was a nasty bug in there where I uh, um, encoded some stuff that needed to be uh, put out into the title tag for a page. And some of the, the stuff that was there was already encoded by other code, so I was double encoding things, which leads to a lot of trouble, which basically means that you see ampersands where you shouldn't, and, and you get all these weird characters in your in your title tag. And then uh, Andrew uh, very helpfully said on Skype, shouldn't you just use ask underscore HTML, which is one of the core escaping functions that's in the core of WordPress, um, which is basically a lot smarter than all the default WordPress stuff because if some, something is already escaped, it won't escape it again. So it's little neat things like that in WordPress core that I think uh, that I always keep finding myself that I should be using more and that more people should probably be using more. Uh, you said it, it, Ask HTML actually allows for you to do a lot of things in, in core as well, Andrew. Yeah, um, I mean, as an example, uh, themes were using a function called get search query. And what it did is that it gave you exactly what was being searched for. The problem is that it wasn't being properly sanitized. So now the theme, if they wanted to use that, then they would need to escape it. But um, instead, what we decided to do in 3.0 is now we actually escape that by default. So if the theme wasn't already escaping it, it now is escaped. If the theme was already escaping it, it's not going to double escape it. So, it, I mean, that is one example of how we're able to use this to our advantage. Um, the security is obviously very important for any plugin developer. And reading, you know, the codex page and data validation is pretty much, you know, the, the first thing you should learn if you want to, you know, develop, you know, any real plugin that's going to deal with really, I mean, user inputs, uh, anything on the database, anything of that level. And so, you know, for, you know, escape HTML, escape attribute, all these different functions, you know, we're able to leverage them very effectively. And, you know, they do obviously in your case, they, they fixed your problem right up. So. Yeah, it, it worked like a charm and I felt pretty stupid, but hey, that's a good thing. <laughs> so Andrew, what other uh, maybe functions or, or uh, quick tips do you have along those lines? Maybe, uh could be a good podcast for the developers out there? Um, for the developers out there. Well, I mean, I, there are a lot of really interesting APIs in WordPress that a lot of developers don't use. Um, as a really good example, instead of using um, what's called curl to, let's say, fetch data from a URL or send data to a URL, to a URL we have an entire HTTP API that you can use to, to, to make 
um, post requests or fetch content. You can you know scrape web pages. Whatever you need to do, there's an entire API that uses that. And this actually goes back to needing to be compatible across all server setups because if curl isn't available, it actually just falls back to other different options. So now you end up with you know five different different methods for doing one thing, and it's all abstracted out for you. So instead of writing 2,000 lines of code, well, we've already done that for you, and now you just need to write maybe 10 lines of code to be able to do exactly what you need to do. Um, leveraging a lot of those different APIs is, is very important. Um, I actually gave, I gave a talk on, on WordPress APIs at WordCamp New York City uh, last week. And that is, um, it's, it's a really, it's a high, it's a high level, high tempo talk, but the idea is to bring in um, developers who aren't necessarily aware of all these different options in WordPress core that you can utilize as more or less a framework. And it really does make it a really awesome developer's tool in many cases. That, that talk should be up on, on WordPress.tv at some point as well. Well, yeah, they're lagging behind a bit, it uh, seems, so it might take a while. Well, one of the things that concerns me, and it, you know, it seems to be improving a bit, is there's obviously so much tucked away in core that, you know, obviously folks like us need to hopefully help increase awareness of that. The, you know, the HTTP API is, uh, is definitely useful. I mean, I'm already thinking of several ways where... Um, I should make use of it that, that I, where I don't. But, I mean, what else do we have? I mean, that's, that's huge. What else comes to mind, Andrew? What else Hopefully do we have? You didn't, um, you didn't cover in your, your talk, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I can start with, with really talking about the education standpoint. Um, one of the things that we're working on now is we're working on, you know, the codex serves a very good purpose. But we're kind of taking a step back from that, and now we're working on building uh, curated, edited handbooks. And so one of the handbooks would be specifically for plugin developers. And it would have, you know, you know, perhaps even, you know, 100 or more specific articles on how to leverage all these different, you know, various APIs that you might otherwise not necessarily use or understand. Things like um, activation hooks and uninstall hooks and, you know, various different things you can do with rewrite rules. For example, if you wanted to add a new feed, but right now WordPress supports RSS, um, you know, RSS 091 or 092, um, RSS 2, Atom, things like that, you can actually add another feed if you wanted to. So if you actually wanted to return your post as JSON, as a JSON object, you easily could do that. And all it would be is, you know, your post slash feed, you know, JSON. And it could do that very easily. So, um, you know, uh, uninstall hooks I, I mentioned are, are very important. There's an entire file system API. If you want to actually be modifying, you know, files, this is exactly what we use for our core upgrade. And that's why if you're upgrading your blog and it asks for FTP credentials, um, that's not actually necessary. It asks for FTP credentials because all the different file permissions aren't set properly on your server. If they were set properly, your upgrade would go a lot faster and it would actually probably be a little less error prone as well. Uh, but the idea there is that kind of like what we do with HTTP is that we go through four different potential transports where we actually look over, you know, um, you know, FTP, uh, FTPS, uh, FTP over SSL, I believe. Um, and then obviously the direct as well, which is what we try first. So we have all these different, you know, APIs. In a lot of cases, you just have to dig into the code. Um, of course, though, it'd be great if we could, you know, easily let you know that they all exist as well, which is very important. 
Right. So where's the shortcut that we can direct people to find at least what is documented to save some time and, uh, as opposed to diving into code? Um, that really all depends. I mean, the codex, the, obviously, but I mean. Yeah, well, the, the codex has some really good tutorials on the settings API, the options API, HTTP, how to use cron. Um, the pseudo cron that's built into WordPress for actually scheduling tasks without needing to ha set up actual cron jobs. Um, and I mean, ideally we're going to turn a lot of those into, into really good handbook articles. And uh, beyond that, a lot of the different aspects that are really deep in the code, you actually just do have to go visit them. There's honestly nothing better than reading the code itself in terms of how to, you know, if, if you need to write a plugin, you need to find a hook. Uh, some of the best things you can just do is just dive right in. If you don't understand you know, that level, you're going to become a much better plugin developer or even theme developer in some cases. If you go in and take a look, here's how WordPress actually does it. And you know, that you know, reading and absorbing as much as you can and diving into the code where you need to is really important. Uh, one of the other things we're actually working on as well is a new API reference. So in addition to the curated and edited handbooks, we're also working on creating an automated reference material very similar to php.net or api.jquery.com, which is also built on WordPress, by the way. And the idea there would be to actually then scrape core, pull out inline documentation, pull out all sorts of context that we can glean directly from the code. For example, location of hooks, functions calling other functions, things of that nature. And then we can actually develop an entire API reference, like, again, php.net, that allows you to easily reference all these different functions and figure out how they all tie together. Without digging in, you know, going directly to the code, you now have another middleman. Um, so really, if you take a look at the codex now, it has a bit of both. It has some articles, and it also has some function reference. And the idea is to kind of split that up and to make one highly curated and then one highly automated. So we are working on more tools for individuals, um, which I think, oh, I mean, you should start to see the fruits of in the next, you know, three to six months. Um, and that's, you know, really important. Yeah, I, I really feel the need to plug something I built myself here. Um, if you go to xref, as in xref.yoast.com, you'll find a, a PHP cross-reference of the source, uh, but one that I modified a bit to actually allow for uh, searching through functions a bit easier, more easily. So it's got a search function that actually allows within names of you to search within names of functions. To uh, to find functions that uh, you might need, which is sometimes faster than browsing through source. Yeah, a PHP cross reference is great. Um, I used it for a good six or seven months between my trans between weeding myself off the codex, going directly to the code, and now I actually will just open up the file that the code is in at this point, of course. But I mean, you know, a year or two ago, you know, that was great to be able to, you know take a look very easily on where is this code getting called, everything else. Yeah, um, it, it's very useful. And to be honest, I only found it really useful when I added my own stuff with the search suggestions based on uh, on what you're searching for, because by default it's a bit crude. But uh, yeah, it, it is something I couldn't live without anymore uh, a lot of the time. So we've got about two minutes left. Is there any plugin or any other thing, Andrew, that you'd like to plug to our listeners? Um, well, I mean, this has been a very developer-oriented uh, podcast. So how about one for developers, one for users? Uh, for Sounds developers, um, 
it's very important to to take a look at all the different things that your code is doing. One great way to do that is to use the WP debug constant. Um, it's a really great thing. What it does is that it turns on all sorts of different notices and it lets you know about deprecated functions you're using and everything else. With that, there's also a plugin I wrote called log deprecated notices that will actually log all the different things that your that plugins are doing on your install and put them into a neat little table for you. Um, there's also a few other plugins that called uh, Core Control by one of the other core developers um, and a few others as well. Um, the WordPress beta tester plugin, if you ever want to test WordPress. These are all really good if you need to, um, you know, get, you know, down deep into the code to figure out what's going on, debug everything. Uh, a plugin that doesn't spit out any notices is great in my book right off the bat. Um, <laughs> for, for users, one good thing will be uh, screen options and also help. So there's two tabs in the upright corner of, of, basic, of nearly every screen in the administration area. With screen options, you can easily turn different boxes on and off. Uh, so on the dashboard, you can obviously drag a lot of those around, but you can actually hide some of the ones you don't need. On the post form, you can hide some of the ones you don't need or show some of the ones that we're now hiding by default. We're actually hiding most of those by default now because a lot of people don't need you know, custom fields. If they do need it, then go up the screen options. And then every page also has help. And that help, you know, it's a, sometimes a few paragraphs or more for that page that'll tell you, you know, the different aspects that you need to do. It'll give you more links to the codex. It'll give you a link to the support forums. So it's kind of, you know, um, coming up with, you know, it, it's, it's, we want to help use as much as possible. So those are just two easy ways to, for that as well. Very good. I want to thank you, Andrew. I think this show has been uh, pretty packed with info for a lot of people. Um, so thanks for being here. Uh, we'd love for you to come back somewhere in the future. Sure. Great for uh, having me. Uh, anytime. And that's it for this week. For next week, uh, we'll probably pre-record a show because uh, those damn Americans don't do time zone shifts when we here in Europe do. So we're actually uh, an hour more behind than we usually are, so we'll see what, what happens. Um, but nevertheless, we'll probably be there, so see you all next week. And until then, have a, a lot of fun with WordPress. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.